It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. They had us in the first half, but then the real Washington commanders showed up and, well, uh, stood down for the San Francisco 49ers. We're going to break down everything that went on in Week 17 coming up next on this live episode of Locked On Commanders. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this live episode of Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Commanders your first listen of the day every day and your first view of the day following these Washington Commanders games. Only one left after this weekend, so I greatly appreciate you all for coming through on a regular basis. If you want to continue this conversation with me, you can do so by becoming a Locked On Commanders insider. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Locked On Commanders, and from there, You'll get text messages directly from me during games, practices, press conferences, and everything in between on the weekends. whole lot of bonus content, and it's not going to end at the end of the season. During the draft process, hiring of the new GM, new head coach, all that stuff, we will continue to deliver inside information and direct information to your cell phone. So again, join subtext.com slash commanders if you want to get in on that fun. I'm David Harrison, your host of the program here, credential member of the media covering the Washington Commanders for commandercountry.com. A part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I'm here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers and everydayers. Greatly appreciate your continued support for the program, especially this season. Last season was rough, y'all. This season was rougher. Today's episode brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePicks.com/slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, to get a first deposit match up to $100. On today's episode, we got a few things to discuss that my insiders sent me, including draft position, which is the silver lining to this whole thing. Uh, something that we're going to cling to from uh, the end of next week until April. And then from there uh, until training camp and preseason, then we get to do this whole dance uh, once again, hopefully with a better result. And we're also going to talk about some things that we did and did not like from the Washington Commanders. 27 to 10 loss to the San Francisco 49ers in week 17. But let's talk about how we got there. Uh, first, the turning point in this game, I think clearly, if you watch this game, is halftime, right? If you look at just the score, 27 to 10, uh, I think most of us pretty much ex- assumed or, or expected the San Francisco 49ers to come through and and kind of just have their way and just kind of control this game from start to finish. And you look at 27 to 10, you probably say, okay, they probably went up 24 to, to 3 or 24 to 7 or, or something like that and and then just kind of let the, the foot off the gas. And, and then they kind of, kind of coasted to that. Uh, final score but of course if you watch the game which you probably did if you're watching this episode live or you did before you turned on this episode at halftime it was 13-10 San Francisco the Washington Commanders had a very respectable half of football uh, I think and um, you know offensively more so defensively with this high-powered offense that the San Francisco 49ers bring in I think you had to be a little bit uh, surprised probably in, in how things were going I know a few insiders were, were pleasantly surprised but still kind of wanted to see the wheels fall off just a little bit uh, to secure a better draft position. I get it. It's that time of year, and and you know fan bases are going to be focused on that. The team is still focused on trying to win games because they're players and they're coaches, and it's what they get paid to do. And I am stuck in the middle of all of you trying to 
deliver both messages. But of course, in the second half, uh, coming out 13 10, the Washington Commanders put together five drives. One of them, or the first one, was a three and out, uh, followed by two interceptions, another three and out, and then finally a turnover on downs uh, to end this thing. They got outscored 14 0 in the second half, and only once in the second half did the Washington Commanders move the ball past their own 31 yard line. That one actually got all the way down to the San Francisco 11 yard line and ended in an interception from Sam Howell, the first interception that he threw on the day, uh, targeting Terry McLaurin, which is always a good idea. But Terry McLaurin, unfortunately, had outside leverage. The defender had inside leverage. Sam Howell threw it to the inside, uh, where the defender had the leverage, and the defender made the play, um, unfortunately, for Sam and for the Washington Bears offense. Come away with no points on that, and then never really got uh, into scoring position again for the rest of the evening. Looking at the offensive side and the defensive side of things, what I liked about the offense was Sam Howell in the first half, kind of. It, it certainly wasn't perfect, you know what I mean? And it certainly wasn't, uh, I think, what we saw before Thanksgiving uh, out of Sam Howell. I would say minus the Giants game every day. As you know, I've kind of pegged that second Giants game as I think the moment where Sam Howell kind of turned into uh, trying too hard mode and and overdoing it mode. And that you know turns into leaving the pocket too early, holding the ball too long. Uh, being hesitant on on open passes, things like that. Uh, that second Giants game is really where I feel like that kind of took hold uh, in Sam Howell, Sam Howell's mind. Uh, but Thanksgiving, you know, specifically, I think is where a lot of, especially that pick six, um, you know, the game was already out of hand. But I think that's kind of the moment that most people agree on. Uh, so I'm just a little bit early on that. But in the first half, Sam Howell completed nine of his 13 pass attempts, uh, gained 100 yards through the air in the process, threw a touchdown to Terry McLaurin. Also had a 42-yard deep connection with Terry McLaurin, set up the team's only touchdown of the game to Terry McLaurin. So, you know, getting getting Terry McLaurin involved is is definitely a good idea for any quarterback, but especially Sam Howell. However, you know, in the second half, he only completes eight of his 15 pass attempts, only gets 69 yards, throws two interceptions. So for Howell, specifically this loss is his fourth straight uh, where he failed to throw for even 150 yards uh, after gaining no fewer than 151 yards in a single game before that. So that really kind of illustrates just how downhill this whole thing has gone for Sam Howell. But in the first half, you know, again, not everything was perfect. Certainly there were there were an inter- there was an inter- interception opportunity for the 49ers that they actually dropped at one point. So, you know, it could have been a little bit worse, um, but, you know, did enough things. And, and you can kind of see that concerted effort to try to be cleaner, try to be faster. But again, I think when it boils down to it, Sam Howell is kind of stuck in this mode of trying too hard. Right. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I like the hitting. Uh, I, I kind of noticed it early on, and and you know, hopefully, it's something that through the TV broadcast, if that's what you were watching on, that you could pick up too. Or you know, in the stadium, though, it just it just really looked like this Washington Commanders defense was was trying to trying to put some pain on these 49ers offensive weapons whenever they touch the ball. Um, in the end, Cody Barton, linebacker, finishes with a team high 12 combined tackles. Uh, Kalik Hudson had 11. Kalik was flying around the field uh, a good amount today, and you know. Um, so it, it, it at least shows that you've got a, got a bunch of guys on the field in the locker room that are willing to go out there and put uh, put in the maximum effort and and put those put those things in and you know with a with a four win team uh, now one game left in the regular season that's that's the most you can really kind of cling to I think uh, looking at the live chat real quick Nick uh, says uh, is wondering why the why why more media members haven't asked or pressed uh, or in press conferences rather asked EB about the lack of a run game. There's a solid average yards per carry, barely using the backs. Uh, Nick, we actually have. Uh, we actually have asked Eric Bieniemy quite often this season um, about the lack of run game usage. Now, the, the run game usage did pick up a little bit, I feel like, and, and I think the numbers show that here recently. But then 
Uh, and I say recently, I mean, you know, three, four weeks ago, actually. Um, but then Brian Robinson's hamstring injury, I think, certainly kind of derailed that. I'm actually going to talk more about the running game usage uh, here a little bit later in this episode. So Nick specifically uh, stick around a little bit. Uh, David comes through, says he's hopeful for a game, better next game, a better game next week uh, to beat the Cowboys. And yeah, I think there's a mixed there's a mixed opinion here within the fan base. Um, you know, and I think that that is that is just kind of where we are, right? Half the fan base wants the losses, half the fan base wants the wins uh, or wants the draft stock. Uh, but I would say I think even the people who want the draft picks would like to see, you know, like a like a game winning field goal loss versus uh, a multi score loss where you're just kind of winding down the clock at the end of the game. Ravi, uh, one of my insiders comes through. Yeah, he uh, Ravi asked that question as well, Nick. So again, we will get to that. Uh, thankfully, the insiders, that is one of the topics that we will converse uh, about here at the end of the episode. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about what we didn't like on Sunday. And yes, there's a pretty good pool of things to pull from. And we're going to rekey the Washington Commanders. All of that is coming up next on this live episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks and guys like me who, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, study this thing for a living. You pick more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections and then sit back and watch the game in a way that really adds another dimension. The way that fantasy football adds a dimension, prize picks also adds a dimension that is similar, but also a little bit different. Uh, prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entries in less than 60 seconds. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL, all lowercase, to get a first deposit match up to $100. Price picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, continuing this episode of Locked On Commanders out here at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. Thanks again for making Locked On Commanders first listener, first view today and every day. Every dayers, thanks again for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Again, I know the season's been long, it's been difficult. Uh, I think the offseason is going to be really exciting, to be quite honest with you. So hopefully uh, all of you who've been coming through every day through the suffering and through the group therapy sessions, hopefully you take advantage and come through through the offseason fun stuff, uh, which can be kind of fun, although we're going to have some mock drafts and we're going to have some scenarios that we're not all going to agree on. So maybe that's not going to be quite as fun for, for some of us. But uh, I'm a person I like to think that I'm going to dive into just about every scenario possible during our mock drafts uh, discussions and scenarios and stuff. So if you have an idea, don't think that I'm going to stick to my idea, my idea only. I will fully flesh out your idea uh, as well. So a lot to come this offseason. Also, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national hosts uh, and shows covering every single league. You've got fantasy football, fantasy basketball, dynasty leagues if you're into that. Obviously, the offseason is still important for you. Go to Locked On Sports Today and you on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Talking about what I didn't like on Sunday, and then we'll get into rekeying the Washington Commanders for those of you who are still interested in seeing the Washington Commanders win, like David is. What I didn't like from the Washington Commanders on Sunday, obviously the loss, you know, you're, you're usually you're going to bring uh, multiple candidates of things that you didn't like on the offense. I mean, everything in the second half, right? And especially, especially Nick and Ravi and everybody else, the lack of Brian Robinson Jr. I mean, 
again, what else is new? Like that's literally what's in my script. So I think Nick and Robbie specifically will be happy about that. What else is new? Uh, Brian Robinson, eight touches, 62 yards in the first half. That's 7.75 yards per touch, man. I mean, you can't get much better. I mean, you can get better than that. I mean, suppose you can go to the house every single touch, but 7.75 yards, realistically expectations. Uh, you can't get much better than that, right? Only five touches in the entire second half. And part of that is due to some of the three announced, but especially when you look at like down in the red zone, you're on the San Francisco 11. Again, behind putting Jacoby Brissett in was super damn. And, you know, as much as that is protect him physically from all the damage he's been taking or, you know, the beatings he's been taking, I think it's equally uh, mentally. And, and, you know, I don't know that Coach Rivera or EB uh, or Sam himself or Jacoby would ever go as far as to admit that or say that publicly, but I just that's that's the way that, you know, when I observe the situation and I observe the team and I observe the guys that are involved and the people that are involved, to me, I think it's just amount of as much about protecting Sam Howell's mentality as it is protecting his physicality. So what better way to do that than when you're in the red zone near the 10 yard line where the field shrinks exponentially? I mean, the defense still has 11 dudes out there, but they've only got to cover about 20 yards. And really, if you think about it, they only got to cover about 18 yards because the last two yards between the boundary and the person are pretty much defended uh, by themselves. So anyway, that, that area even shrinks even more. But you got a guy like B-Rob. You got Antonio Gibson who can certainly do some things. Uh, you brought you know a guy like Jared Patterson off you know or in the practice squad. You got Derek Ward who's been around for a little while. I mean, do some things. You know what I mean? You got Curtis Samuel. You got Jahan Dotson. Get some reverses going. Uh, do some things like that. But again, Brian Robinson specifically five touches in the second half. Uh, just you know, not not a big fan of it. Um, what adds to the confusion really is calling a run play to run the clock out at the end of the first half. You know, the, the Washington Commanders get the ball. You're only down three. And there was a discussion in the press box amongst many people who is basically like, look, you're down three to San Francisco 49ers. You're getting the ball at the end or the beginning of the second half. Don't do anything crazy and don't risk anything too, too crazy. End up turning the ball over the 49ers who now have the opportunity to put up even more points for the half. And instead of just kneeling on the ball, the Washington players come out and they run the ball. And, you know, look, I, I don't want to like hold a grudge against Antonio Gibson. And I'm not you know doing that. I don't dislike AG by any means. You know what I mean? And, and eventually you got to let a guy kind of develop and get past his own history. But he does have a history of fumbling the football. So when you run the ball with Antonio Gibson at the end of the half and you're in your own end, you're risking the possibility of a fumble happening. You're risking the possibility of the 49ers getting the ball back, turning a three-point lead uh, at the end of the half into a six or even a ten-point lead. And to me, it just doesn't make sense. And then you couple that at the end with calling timeouts near the end of the game. Uh, to preserve time on the clock, and then once you do get the ball back, you're you know you're not going to win the game. the 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 assumption anyway is that you're trying to do some things with the offense to kind of build some positivity. And the first thing you do is you come out and run the ball with Antonio Gibson, and you let the clock start to run down, uh, and then you have some incompletions. It just just the whole thing just was just kind of weird. Uh, that is an insider topic of conversation, so we are going to actually talk more about that here uh, in just a little bit. But obviously, it's something that stuck out to me as well. Specifically, what I didn't like about the offense defensively what i didn't like were the explosive plays eight explosive plays allowed by the washington commanders defense on sunday to the san francisco 49ers and i get that it's the 49ers but still when you come out as an nfl defense you're looking to minimize those explosive plays uh those eight explosive plays came on multiple uh drives obviously led to 20 of their 27 points so again explosive plays leading directly to scoring opportunities it's no surprise 20 yard pass 10 yards or more run that's eating up a whole lot of field, you know what I mean? So obviously most of the time it's going to lead to scoring opportunities, but not only is it leading to opportunities, it's actually being converted into points. In fact, the only drive where the 49ers had an explosive play that they didn't turn into points was late in the game. They turned it over on downs at the Washington Commanders two-yard line. Basically, to me, it's 
Kyle Shanahan just like, okay, we're we're going to give you the fighting chance. We're not just going to kick a field goal, stack more points up. We're going to run a play. We're going to give your defense a fighting chance to not let us run this thing up. Uh, and that's what the commanders did. So outside of that, you know, if this is a competitive game, you figure Kyle kicks the field goal and 23 of the 27 points uh, are off of explosive play drives. So those are the things I didn't like in this game. Time to rekey the commanders. I dropped three keys to a commander's win for those of you who are interested in that kind of thing this type of year. Key one was clean quarterback play. Key two is running the clock, dominating the clock. Key three was forcing and enforcing third downs. And I am unhappy to tell you that they did not secure a single key on Sunday. Key number one, clean quarterback play. Really, I kind of stole that from Jacoby Brissett, right? I asked Jacoby on Wednesday uh, before his injury crept up and he was you know, scheduled to be the starting quarterback. I said, what do you guys have to do to beat the San Francisco 49ers? Because again, I know a lot of Commanders fans don't want the wins. You want the draft picks. I get it. But the players and Jacoby, he wants the win. So I asked him, what does it take for you guys to beat the 49ers? And he said it starts with clean quarterback play. When he was talking about himself at the time, but even as he comes out of the game, Sam Howell goes in and gets a start uh, in his place that clean quarterback play has to stay. You know what I mean? So even Friday, as we didn't know who the quarterback was going to be, I kept that key in there. Uh, that was the message of the week. It was the theme of the game. Uh, again, 100 yards and a touchdown in the first half from Sam Howell. Not a perfect game, or not a perfect half by any means, but a clean half, you know, relatively speaking. But then 69 yards, two interceptions in the second half, certainly uh, the furthest thing from a clean half. So obviously key number one, not secure. Key number two, run the clock, dominate the clock. Uh, the Washington Commanders, despite all their struggles and their losses and even their lack of dedication to the run game actually have a a, a better uh, time possession average than their opponents. They're actually holding the ball for more than 30 minutes per game. Not much more than 30 minutes per game, but still more than 30 minutes per game. Um, in this game, uh, the first two quarters flew by. I mean, we're, we're looking at our watches. They're saying the first quarter is over, the end of the first half. All these things, we're like, man, we're, we're going to be out of here uh, by 1.30. You know? uh, obviously, I'm being hyperbolic, but really the third quarter kind of flew by as well. Uh, but things kind of bogged down there in the fourth. And at the end of the day, though, it wasn't because of the commanders. It was because of the San Francisco 49ers running the ball, short passes, doing things to move the chains, keeping the clock running. The 49ers held the ball for 38 minutes and 13 seconds in this game, while the Washington commanders held it for just 21 minutes, 47 seconds. So, again, uh, the clock did run, but it was because the San Francisco 49ers dominated, not the Washington commanders. A key two also not obtained. Key number three, force and enforce third downs. Uh, didn't do an adequate job of enforcing the third downs they got. Uh, they allowed four of the nine to be converted, um, and they allowed a total of 28 first downs. So even uh, the two or two of the five that they did stop, two of the five third downs that they did stop resulted in points. They were both field goals. So there were third downs deep in their own end that the Washington or the San Francisco 49ers turned into field goals. So even when they did stop third downs, it was a little too little too late, um, unfortunately. So again, three keys, clean quarterback play, running the clock, owning the clock, uh, emphasis on running the clock, and then uh, force and enforce third downs did not come up with any of them, which, of course, as I've told you all season, uh, this is kind of a quest type of scenario. I, I put three keys out there for the Washington Commanders, grab all three, then I pretty much guarantee you that they're going to win this game. The fewer that they grab, the less chance they have of winning. Uh, when they grab zero of them, they are uh, winless this season, none unsurprisingly. So Silver Linings coming up in our final segment. Insiders sent me some three topics or sent me three topics that they want to discuss. So we are going to discuss those including why the loss today could lead to wins tomorrow. And that is coming up on today's episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
And this episode brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. doesn't even matter if you lose. Literally get paid to lose. It's like the NFL draft picks. The more you lose, the better off you are in April. Uh, Sunday night football is going to get started here pretty soon. And if you're uh, if you're live with me, if you're listening after the fact, it's probably already done or in routes or in progress or what have you. Uh, but if you're with me live, the Minnesota Vikings are favored to beat the Green Bay Packers. So if you haven't signed up for FanDuel, sign up now. Go in there, make that five dollar money or make that five dollar bet, and you get 150 bucks in bonus bets. No matter what happens, the app is easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live live same game parlays, new bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. Uh, which I love parlays, by the way, uh, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the National Football League. All right, a little bit of a glitch there, but let's get back to the ending of this episode here on Locked On Commanders. Three topics to discuss, and then I will try to get through these and get to the live chat. I see a few of you are dropping some comments there, so I'll see what I can get through on there as well. First topic of discussion, Commanders number two in the NFL draft. As of right now, uh, Washington lost, New England lost, the Arizona Cardinals beat the Philadelphia Eagles, and that leaves the Washington Commanders with the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, currently, Washington, New England, Arizona all have the same records, but Washington wins the tiebreaker. Again, currently to have a second pick. That could change. Uh, next weekend so you know obviously it's it's not solidified but according to my math which uh, I, i'm pretty confident in but i wouldn't say you can take it to the bank necessarily i think the worst that the washington commanders can do is number four the best they can do is number two of course there are some other things uh that kind of play into that so if you're in the draft a new quarterback pool then you're at least within tradable distance of doing that or you're in the number two seat which means you can get either uh, of the top two quarterbacks if you love them both um, if you're in the trade back pool, you're obviously in good position. If you're in the take the best player available, that is not a quarterback. Uh, you're still in pretty good position. Um, the Carolina Panthers uh, have, or the Carolina Panthers lost on Sunday to the Jacksonville Jaguars, securing the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, which of course goes to the Chicago Bears. So they'll have to decide what they're going to do with Justin Fields. If they go away from Justin, they'll probably draft the first quarterback off the board, depending on who they like the most. And then the Washington Commanders would either take the second quarterback off the board or do whatever they're going to do with it. Spoiler alert for the offseason programming, I, I am a big trade-back guy. Um, but again, we will we will dive through all kinds of scenarios, so don't worry about that. Your scenario will certainly get worked through as well. Uh, second topic, why the timeout? So, uh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> here's here's where I'm going to go with this. Here's what I believe is happening. I think during the end of the game, Eric Bieniemy is probably asking Ron Rivera to save him some time to go do some things on the offense. Uh, why the run in the beginning of that final drive if you want time to go run your offense? Because presumably you're wanting time to run your offense so that you can get Sam some more snaps. That's kind of been the message all year long. Instead, we get a run from Antonio Gibson. And honestly, the best answer I can give you is, well, they're probably not expecting it, so we can probably gash him for a good amount of yards, set ourselves up towards midfield or so, uh, and then go from there. It didn't work. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers are a really good defense, really disciplined defense, so it didn't work. Uh, yeah, so that, that's the best explanation I can possibly give you. That's what I think probably happened, just, just given the history of Ron Rivera, Eric Bien-Ami, If If EB asks for something like that and Ron doesn't just have this like stance against it, typically he gives it to him. 
but he's not typically going to say, Hey, EB, I want you to do this. So just, that's just, that's where my thought process goes. Uh, why not the commit or why not committing? Why did they not commit to running? Uh, not just in this game, but all year long. Um, really guys, that's, that's a, that's a multi-layered conversation that we are going to have on our end of year AAR episode or series. I haven't decided yet. It might be a whole week long end of year AAR, but there is going to be a significant portion dedicated to the lack of run game, the lack of use of Brian Robinson, who again, every dares, if you've been around this season as an every dare, you already know, I've said pound for pound, Brian Robinson jr. Has been the most effective playmaker on this roster. Uh, the entire season, Terry McLaurin might be the best, most established, most well-known name, but Brian Robinson, within the system with everything going on has been the most effective uh so you know uh, obviously i've got some beef as to why he wasn't used more than he was this year um again three three brian robinson carries uh and one target in the first 15 plays uh we, we talk about it all the time the first 15 plays are scripted and if that's you know if that's holds true in this game then brian robinson was the the object of of those plays just three times and honestly really just two times the two carries or the three carries and then four carry four times with the one target but the target uh he was not the primary so really three times out of the first 15 that's 25 percent um as far as i'm concerned your most talented player should probably get 33 percent of those those looks your most effective player should probably get 33 percent the rest of those looks and then who you think could be the second most effective player if it's not the best player should get another 33 percent of those looks uh, but that's just me. Uh, third topic of conversation, the offensive line. I'm going to read this actually verbatim from, from Michael, who said the offensive line played better than expected. I agree. Uh, but I feel like Howell at times in this game looks like he's playing in slow motion. Other times he's playing with a sense of urgency. Do you see it or is it me? If so, do you think this is a character trait or performance issue, uncoachable or coachable? Yeah, no, I 100% uh, agree. And actually, it looks like he's playing in slow motion and other times it looks like he has a sense of urgency. But in his mind, um, it's all fast forward. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's really kind of what it boils down to is really is, is I think the Sam Howell is just he's he's inside of his head way too much. And he's just he's he's trying to make everything happen the way that it needs to happen the best way for his team. So, again, the the inspiration behind it is good and positive and, and, and really it's what you want is you want your quarterback to go out there and want to make the best play for his team. The problem is it's slowing down the cycle of function of being a quarterback and you know, like a lot of quarterbacks have uh, issues with it coming out of college. He's already a young quarterback who holds the ball too long. So when a young quarterback who holds the ball too long, because that's a habit he brings with him from college now is trying to overthink and overanalyze and over and over overly make sure that he's making the best play possible. It slows everything down even further. But in his mind, he's actually digesting like 30 things at once, which is making it feel super fast. So he probably doesn't even realize in the moment how long it's taking him. He goes back, turns on the film and sees it and it's almost like an out-of-body experience where it's like man I, I don't remember that play taking that long uh it's, it's it's almost like a car accident except you know kind of in reverse car accidents obviously usually happen very very fast uh so i agree michael uh completely is it coachable it's not so much coachable as it is correctable it's 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 something that a leader a mentor uh someone's gonna have to help him get over so in that sense yes it's coachable it's not an x's nose thing it's a it's an it's a mentality thing and it's, it's kind of the way that he sees it um, it's a perspective thing. He's got to get a better perspective on uh, what what is going on in the game. So uh, let's hit some of the live chat comments here before we get out. I got a couple more minutes. Um, Gear Cell says a little over a week from Operation Kickron and his crew out. Can't wait. Yeah, Black Monday is going to be uh, very very dark for this team. Um, I would be surprised if if anything else. Ravi says speaking of mock draft, I think the team should focus on one side and then draft the other side. Example: if they use free agency for the offense and draft defense or vice versa. Yeah, that's, that's certainly one way to go about it. 
uh, once you once you kind of dive into the free agents and and who's getting tagged, who's getting re-signed, all those things certainly going to play a big part of that. And every time a move is made, it's going to change uh, the way the picture looks. So so it's certainly going to be very interesting to watch the whole thing uh, kind of kind of unfold. Nick agrees with Ravi. Um, Ravi says key one was incomplete first half. How did that? But it unraveled in the second half. Yeah, exactly. Ravi, you know the the clean quarterback play was good in the first uh, in the first half, but in the second half certainly did not happen. Combat Helm says this is the best channel. I appreciate you, Combat Helm, and I appreciate all of you for coming through on a regular basis, like you do. Coming up tomorrow, we're going to AAR Sam Howell's unscheduled start. We'll talk about some other things. We've got a Ron Rivera press conference. I'm actually not going to be able to make it to the press conference in Ashburn. Uh, but the rest of the uh, the usual suspects on the beat will certainly be there, and I will be uh, observing and get the transcripts and all that stuff, and we will talk about it on our next episode coming to you on Tuesday. In the meantime, I'm going to pack up. I'm going to drive home, so you all be safe. Have a happy New Year's out there. If you're celebrating, if you're not celebrating, still have a happy and safe New Year's because the calendar is going to change whether you like it or not. So if you've got questions for future episodes, throw them in the YouTube comment section or text me directly by becoming a Locked Insider at Lock or at jointsubtext.com slash locked on commanders. Again, make locked on sports today your second view of the day. Go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Uh, again, that's locked on sports today. As always, thank you for making locked on commanders your first listen of the day every day. Every day, thanks for coming through on a consistent basis, like you do. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day, part of your routine. Until we speak again, please be safe, be kind, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Locked On Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.